Hello, my lovelies. Welcome to episode 45 of C3 Crystals, Cauldrons, and Cocktails. I'm River Kane, and I'm going to be talking to you about bone magic today. Unfortunately, Ren can't make it this week. She's working hard on those projects she's got going. But before I get started, I have to tell you about my drink this week. This is when I really miss Ren because I need her input on this. I'm not sure that I how I feel about this one, but it's a springy drink. And since we're in March and since Ostara is coming up, Ostara, and it's super warm here in Georgia, it's supposed to be 78 degrees today. I'm calling this the Blue Banshee. It's got raspberry liqueur, vodka, blue curacao, and lime juice. It's refreshing and fun. It's a little bit sweet for my taste. That's why I really need um, Ren here to to say whether it's good or not, because I'm not quite sure. Uh, It's a bit strong, so I'll try to sip slowly while I talk. So what is bone magic? Bones, fangs, feathers, claws, shells, they're all potent tools for animal magic and ancestral communion. Bones are the only thing left after we leave this material world. When we are stripped down of our flesh, all that remains is a skeleton. And so there is a connection between magic, darkness, and death. Bones survive for a long time after death as well, making them imbued with power long after the life force is gone. Practice of magic using bones as ingredients, um, connections, amplifiers, etc. has been used forever. Um, Commonly found in some practices of hoodoo, shamanism, folk spiritual traditions. And of course, I'm stating explicitly that nothing should be killed for the sole purpose of magic spells or collecting. Bones are a type of fetish. A fetish is an object regarded with awe as being the embodiment or habitation of a potent spirit or as having magical potency. So feathers, bones, crystals, stones, they're all types of fetishes. Skulls and bones have an appeal to witches who perform spirit work and um, are a necessary and simple way to connect with spirits of the dead and of animals. So let me tell you a little bit about the history of bone magic. Animal remains, um, such as bones, feathers, fangs, and shells, have been used since the beginning of time uh, throughout many of the world's cultures and uh, traditions. And it's been, they've been used for divination, shamanic purposes, um, all kinds of things. There's actually, did you know, bone magic was a ritual used in the 17th century to tame unruly horses. Never heard of such a thing. But George Ewart Evans details this procedure and it, in his work, the, the days that we have seen. So the first thing you do, and I'm not saying you do this. I'm just saying this is what they did do back in the 17th century. They killed a frog or a toad. They left it on a white thorn bush overnight. They buried it in an anthill. Under the light of a full moon, they dug it up and watching it very carefully, never glancing away, they took the skeleton to a running stream. They throw it into the water and watch it go upstream. Then they wait for the crotch bone to float back against the current. Like, okay. Then you dry and crush that bone into powder and mix it with oil. You dip your finger in it and wipe it on the horse's tongue, his nostrils, his chin, and his chest. That's 
crazy. The bone powder was believed to give the possessor magic control over horses. It's a quote from that book is, then the horse is your servant and you can do what you like with him, end quote. Very strange. So in history, bone magic was practiced through animal sacrifice, uh, bone divination, spirit summoning. They used it for protection from evil spirits. Our ancestors had to make do with what they had, which meant animal remains were often used for magical and mundane purposes. A common way that our ancestors would obtain the bones and other parts of the bo- of a body was through sacrifice. It is debated as to what prompted sacrifices. Sir Edward Burnett Tyler in 1871, proposed that sacrifices were originally a gift to the gods to secure favor. That's kind of how I always imagined that sacrifices were begun. William Robertson Smith, however, proposed that sacrifices were originally conducted to bring a group of people closer together as a way for them to commune with each other and their deity. So, Hey, y'all, we're all hanging out here. Let, let's go kill something together. It's good. I, mean, I just, I don't know about that one. <laughs> and then Sir James George Fraser, the author of The Golden Bough, suggested that sacrifices were performed as a mag- magical ritual in which the slaying of a god was performed as a means to rejuvenating that god. So like our, I think I've, Ren has told you all about the, um, the oak versus the holly king at the passing of the seasons, one um, defeats the other as, as time moves on, and it's a never-ending cycle. So that was uh, what Sir James George Fraser said. I, I still think that the whole point was to give a gift to the god or gods and in hopes of protection or some kind of favor. The earliest known sacrifice is from ancient Egypt. I feel like a lot of our witch practices come from ancient Egypt, dating between 4,400 to 4,000 BC. Animal remains, especially of sheep and goats, have been found buried in their own graves, and while gazelles and other wild animals have been found buried at the feet of humans, likely as a sacrifice to those who died, or as tribute to bring them with them to the afterlife. By the end of the Copper Age, which was about 3000 BC, animal sacrifice was seen all over the world, particularly in Gath, Sardinia, and Crete. Did you know that many cultures sacrificed the entire animal, but the Greeks tended to eat the edible parts, leaving the remains in honor of the deities? Kind of makes sense. After the animals were sacrificed, the entrails were often read by a Horuspex, H-A-R-U-S-P-E-X, Horuspex, which is a person trained in the art of divining from animal entrails, which that is called horuspicy. Interesting. The most well-known form of animal remains divination is the throwing of the bones for bone divination. Bone divination, especially scapulomancy and plastromancy, were practiced by cultures around the globe. Plastromancy is the use of turtle shells for divination, while scapulomancy is using the scapula or the shoulder bone of an animal. So oracle bones 
as practiced in ancient China during the Shang dynasty, used the plastrons of turtles and the shoulder bones of pigs and oxen to answer questions regarding future crop planting, the weather, military endeavors, and fortunes of the royal family. The question was carved into the bone or shell, an oracle bone script, which was a specific language for this type of divination. And then intense heat was added to it using a metal rod until the bone or shell cracked. And then the reader would read and interpret the cracked patterns. Scapulomancy, which is the reading of that shoulder bone that I just said of animals, was more common throughout the rest of the world, particularly in Europe. Historically, sheep and ox are the preferred bone source, but deer and pig scapulae are known to have been used. The throwing of the bones, kind of like rune throwing, um, is a more modern hoodoo practice with traditional roots in African culture, especially among the Zulu, Swazi, and Zosa, and the Nibel, I am so sorry about butchering those names, traditions in Southern Africa. Bones of small animals were collected in a ritual way and then thrown upon the ground in the act of casting the stones, and then those patterns were read. African practices mingled with those of Native American and European people to become the tradition that we see in modern world today. Hoodoo bone divination usually includes chicken or possum bones mixed with shells, pebbles, dice, or other found objects. Interesting. So bone magic in practice, working with bones is not just for necromancers or black magic uh, users. Um, Practitioners who work with bones are a wide range of healers, diviners, shapeshifters, root workers, witches, shamans, druids, pagans. Um, It's controversial, though. Um, Even in today's more, quote, enlightened time, I, I honestly am not quite sure how I feel about it. It's certainly not for everyone, and each witch makes their own decision as to whether bone magic fits in with with their practice or not. Bones are used to commune and work with animal spirits as familiars, guides, and protectors. Okay, so clearly I'm feeling this drink. Mm, Yummy. And it's blue, you guys. It's blue. Like human bones, the bones of animals can be used to ground a spirit animal in this realm. Uh, bones act as a spirit vessel for animal familiars to dwell in when you work with them. This doesn't mean that the spirit lives in the bones all the time, but instead uses it as their, you know, quote, home when you call upon them to work with them. You can place bones on your altar or carry them with you to work outdoors. This is something I found really fascinating. Animal bones can be used to call upon mythological creatures as well. To do this, you need to combine bones from different animals that make up that mythological creature. So, for example, you would bind together parts from an eagle and a lion to summon a griffin or combine a snake, lizard and feathers of a bird of prey to summon a dragon. I never really thought about it, but it does kind of make sense. I mean, if you're needing the power from each of those different animals, it kind of makes sense to bind them together. I haven't heard of that before. And I guess I'll think about it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I know Wren would probably have something to say. She, I wish she were here. You know, she's got that scientific witchy slant. So I would be very curious to hear what she thought about that. 
Animal bones can be incorporated into ritual jewelry for direct contact and easier communion with spirits that the bones belong to. Ritual jewelry using bones is the most practical and direct way of bringing your animal familiars into your rituals and and spell work. Uh, By wearing animal bones, you can take on the attributes and powers of the animal that they belong to, such as fox teeth for cunning, owl bones for seeing in the dark, snake bones for the ability to renew and change your life. So like when we use crystals and herbs and that kind of thing, um, just like those have correspondences, so do bones have correspondences. So you would add a bone to a spell with the energy of that animal or the collective energy of that animal spirit, and you draw the quality of that animal into your working. And you can ask that animal to assist in your working. For example, if you're wanting cunning or quickness, a fox bone, uh, wisdom and teachings, an owl or wolf bones. Bones can either be added to a spell or be the focal point of a spell or magical working. Depending on the size of the bone, they can be added to your charm bags, your mojo bags, your sachets, uh, along with herbs, crystals, the oils, that kind of thing that you can carry it on you. You can put it on your home for protection. You can do the working to draw something towards you or push something away from you. Bones and skulls can also be used for meditation and astral work to help you connect with the energy of the animal that belong to those bones or the collective of that animal type. Bones like blood and some of the organs of the body were once thought to be the centers of psychic power and to be the vehicle or dwelling place of the soul, which that's interesting. I I never thought of the soul being within the bones before. Life and consciousness remained in them after death of the original owner, and it was therefore considered very dangerous to disturb them when they lay in the tomb. This makes me think of that book, the the series, The Dresden Files. I don't know if any of y'all have read that or not. Wonderful urban fantasy series. Um, And in that book, Harry Dresden, who's the, the wizard, has a skull. And it embodies the spirit of an intellectual uh, named Bob. And Bob aids Harry in his magical adventures throughout this series of books. So very interesting. So here are some forms of bone magic. Ritual adornments. So fangs, shells, small bones, claws, feathers. They can all be used for protection, luck, shamanic practice, or in order to draw from them the qualities of that animal that inhabits them. So for example, a crow feather or a claw might help you balance your life and enforce your quest for knowledge of the greater mysteries or fox fangs, like I said before, can help you attain the wits that you'd need in order to get through a difficult situation. Ritual tools. Various bones, fangs, antlers, and shells can be used to adorn your um, ritual tools with, such as wands or daggers, or they might be adornments for your altar all by themselves. They also might be used as divination tools by carving or painting runes on them, um, or maybe even create your own divination system by assigning different meanings to each particular bone, fang, or shell that belong to that divination set that you make. You can also use large bones as vessels for things like candles or 
you know, if it's uh, like in a bowl shape, then you could put, you could charge moon water in them, or you can charge your crystals in them. Um, you can also use feathers in your broom to help assist the flight to the flight of your broom, so to speak. Smudging rituals. So feathers are particularly potent for smudging ritual rituals. You know, you have the smoke coming from your sage or whatever, and you use the feather of your spirit bird to help spread the smoke throughout the space that you're cleansing. You can use a large bone as a skull, like a skull as a bone, where you actually burn the smudging herbs or incense in the skull. Witch bags. You can use bones, feathers, fangs, and shells of your choosing in your witch bag for various purposes, as well as for uh, witch bags that you create for the sole purpose of working with spirit animals. You may carry this on you, or you just keep it on your altar or use it while meditating. Ritual arrangements. You may use animal remains to form a pattern on your altar or work shrine or whatever, which is um, only built for a particular ceremony in order to allow the energies of that those animals and where that the bones came from to uh, flow through the altar. You can meditate on these patterns. You can facilitate communication with the spirit animal through those bones on your um, altar. Kitchen witchery. So as a matter of course, a kitchen witch is going to have access to bones in her cooking. You know, you've got bone-in beef, bone-in steaks, the bone-in ribeye, one of my favorite things, pork chops, ham hocks, etc. So you can use these energies of these bones in your cooking. You just have to focus your intent um, and be aware of the bones energies. So like bone broth, it's an incredibly nutritious um, soup that you can make out of bones. It's one of the best ways to nourish your family on an incredibly deep level. It is a great way to practice healing magic for, for your health, for your family's health. Bone broth contains gelatin, minerals, cartilage, glycine, all very important things to your body. Did you know that bone is actually living tissue? The collagen and the bone constantly replenishes itself and it's lifelong um, cellular activity is constantly uh, replenishing. Every year, about 10% of your bone is replaced. As the mineral content in your bones is renewed, we get a new skeleton about every 10 years. Isn't that crazy? I think that's crazy. When one of my friends was in Bloomington, Indiana, getting her PhD, I visited her up there and we went to this restaurant. Gosh, it was called Coastal something, something Coastal. I had great oysters. Uh, it didn't survive COVID, unfortunately. It's now out of business, but they had bone marrow on the menu. And we decided we were going to try it because we had never done that before. But we tried it. And I have to say, I'm not, not a fan. Uh, I don't really like the flavor and the texture was kind of creepy. Uh, but it was neat to try it. And I'm glad I can now say I, I've tried bone marrow. But, you know, that would also, as a kitchen witch, be a way to incorporate bone into your your kitchen witchery is with the bone marrow. Do you guys remember back when you were little kids around Thanksgiving? I remember my siblings and I fighting over who would get to break the wishbone of the turkey. And whoever would win would get their wish 
come to come true. So there were four of us, my siblings, and only two can pull on the bone. So of course there was always a fight every year to, to, as to who would get to break the wishbone. But at any rate, two of you would hold onto it, one on each side of the wishbone and you pull and it breaks. And whoever gets the top part of the bone wins and their wish comes true. So apparently my family was practicing witchcraft and bone magic, even when I was a little kid. I did find an interesting blog where the witch wrote an article to come up with the body parts of a body and the correspondences. So I'm going to read these to you. I found this very interesting. Teeth would be good to use in communication, learning another language, news and defense. A skull is great for use in thoughts, divination, communication, spirit work, astral. The spine is good for support, confidence, and level-headedness. The arm is good for help and blocking, blocking things like curses or hexes or psychic attacks. The wrist is good for flexibility and hard work. The hand is good for art, artistic ability, creativity, and energy. The fingers represent fluidity, progress, and endurance. The nails or claws represent fighting, protection, finding things out, knowledge, struggle, and balance. The rib represents agility and protection. The hip bone represents endurance and keeping it together. The leg also represents endurance, travel, and strength. The ankle bones are good for movement, moving on, and a catalyst to help propel into something else. The foot is endurance, moving on, leaving things behind, hard work, independence, and luck. The toe is good representation of balance, help, prosperity, money, changing luck for better or worse. Not quite sure how toes correspond to money. That's curious. The tail, like an actual tailbone in an animal, like, you know, cat's tail or whatever, represents agility, secrecy, alarm, and cursing. I think I need to find a funny bone, and that would help me out with this podcast some. Did you know, though, that the funny bone isn't really a bone? It's an actually, it's a, it's a nerve in your elbow. So no help for me there. As for actual animal bone correspondences, bats symbolize intuition, psychic ability, and visions. They're represent, representative of empathicness. And is that a word? Uh, sensitivity, transition, rebirth, change, new beginnings, powerful omens, astral travel, shape-shifting, illusion, dreams, visions, journeying, darkness, the night, moon magic, invisibility, rising above challenges, vampires, death, grief, darkness, letting go of fear and freedom. Interesting. The bear, bare bones would represent courage, strength, fortitude, confidence, fearlessness, standing your ground, leadership, stability, grounding, solitude, fertility, Gaia, the environment, family ties, healing, serenity, rest, regeneration, planning ahead, resourcefulness, shamanism, the harvest, and the need to tackle fears and issues head on. 
bees, which carpenter bees are my familiars, bees represent the everyday blessings and miracles, uh, uh, the cynical, the cyclical, wow, cynical, uh, uh, the the cyclical nature of the seasons, teamwork, community, ambition, determination, hard work, tenacity, time management, accomplishment, energy, the sun and sunlight, good news, love, sweetness, protection, support, personal relationships, the pollinating of new ideas or goals, both life and death, traditions, enjoying the fruits of your labors, insight, and intuition. And I never really thought about using my bees' bones. Now, I do have a lot of um, carpenter bees, and they do die. I have had some die on my deck, and I never have thought about gathering their little bodies and using them in magic. Hedgehogs. Hedgehogs represent curiosity, intelligence, perception, intuition, stability, strength, gentleness, defense, protection. Did I already say that? No, I said perception. Marching to the beat of your own drum um, and more. There's so much more. All of my uh, sources are listed with this podcast. Ravens. Ravens. um, Loyalty. They often mate for life. Fidelity. Courage, knowledge, wisdom, introspection, privacy, divination, sexuality, many, many more. Snakes, transformation, regeneration, rebirth, new beginnings, transmutation, secrecy, self-defense, balance, acceptance, dreaming. So where do you get bones? Probably the best way is to find them yourself, like be really aware of your surroundings when you go hiking. I've got a lot of friends that love the outdoors. So they probably actually see a lot of, of bones and things when they go hiking. You know, find a wild place where few people travel and walk the, the wildlife trails. Deer wear some pretty clear paths in the woods. And these are great places to start. You might not see anything to begin with because you really don't quite know what you're looking for. And you you know, but take lots of walks and, you know, anything that you find is, is wonderful that you can use roadkill. Hmm. Not a great way to collect them. In my opinion, uh, you run the risk of coming into contact with diseases like rabies. Did you know actually that armadillos carry leprosy? That's something to be really careful about. I don't know that I would mess with roadkill. Also, you got to be really, uh, sure to follow whatever the local laws are regarding regarding load wow good drink y'all uh regarding local uh, be sure to follow the local laws regarding roadkill because some places i don't think you're allowed to do that and then of course online you can buy anything online but be sure to do your research on the company you want to make sure that the bones are ethically a, a obtained. Also be really aware of exotic bones that are offered. They may be illegal to buy and sell, uh, especially if they're on the endangered species list. I, I, I just feel like some of those companies go out there and they kill these animals on purpose just to sell their parts. And to me, I would have no part of that. Absolutely not. So be sure to do your research. So that's all I've got for this week. Thank you for joining me. The best way to reach us is through our website, c3witchypodcast.com. 
There you can find our email, our episodes, our blog, our monthly newsletter, which I just posted for March. You can also support us from there. Just click that little Patreon button on the very first page when you pull it up. It'll take us, it'll take you to our Patreon site and you can then donate uh, money to us, which would be wonderful. And as a thank you for that, we offer all kinds of little goodies to you, to our patrons, like everybody gets a tote bag and we have all kinds of uh, bonus episodes and witchy art and witchy to-do lists, all kinds of things just for our patrons to thank them for their support. Um, speaking of, thank you guys very much, our existing patrons. We can't do this without you. Also on our website, you can find links to our social social media. We are on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Our podcast episodes are also on Facebook. If you love us, leave us a review. I think we're going to do a a giveaway. I've got a mug that I ordered and it says, did you know on it? It's got a cauldron and then it says C3 Witchy Podcast. And I think we're going to do a giveaway with that. And the way that you'll enter will be to leave us a review and email us a screenshot of that. So we're going to get that going fairly soon. Also, don't forget, you guys, I've opened up my witchy shop on Etsy. I'm still adding a lot of things. It's Bats and Bobbles, Inc., B-A-T-S-A-N-D-B-A-U-B-L-E-S-I-N-C at Etsy.com. I'm about to put up a bunch of little familiar charms for your pets. And I've got some Ostara altar cards up since Ostara is coming already. I'm adding things daily, so please check back often. In the meantime, have a wonderful day or night, whatever time you're listening to this, and stay witchy. Thank you.